Amen. Worship team, thank you. God bless you. Amen. 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 I thought, uh-oh, we're going to have another Sunday of just worship. Keep messing around. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord this morning. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning to our online visitors, wherever you may be watching from this morning. We just want to welcome you into the presence of the Almighty God. Amen, because his presence truly is here this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. Good, amen, amen. <laughs> amen, hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Father God, we thank you. Amen, amen. Mm, amen, just breathe it in, just breathe it in. Hallelujah. Mm, glory to your name. Hallelujah, God. We just soak in your presence this morning. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Our God is absolutely amazing, amen? Absolutely amazing. A prophetic word went out this morning in our worship, amen? I hear the sound of revival coming. Hallelujah. <laughs> it, it aligns with the word of the Lord this morning that there's an army, amen, over on 6th Avenue. There's a people of God that are awakening, amen, to the now of God, to the prairie presence of God, that our dry bones, amen, are being resurrected. And as we get, our, as we get ourselves aligned to the word of God, my God, my God, my God, what he will not do in this place. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Okay, amen. <laughs> amen. So this morning, amen, as we just get ready to go to the throne room of God, just make ourselves attentive to what God has for us this morning. Amen. I know that we are, many of you are probably like, where are all the men at? Well, the men are in Imperial, Nebraska. Uh, on their annual men's retreats, they're having a, I'm sure, having a wonderful time uh, doing manly things and, and having, uh, getting a word and just encouraging each other in the Lord this morning. So we just pray for safe travel as they make their way back into the city today. Amen. Uh, we just, it's a good time where, you know, they can just go away and, and be together and bond. And uh, that's what it's about. Amen. It's about community. It's about getting to know each other on different levels. You know, hey, brother, you don't know how to fish? Let me show you how to fish. You don't know how to, you know, do this? I mean, they're having a good time shooting guns, fishing, golfing, all that stuff, whatever they do out there. <laughs> they're, they're, they're man things. So uh, just um, excited that they are able to go out and enjoy that this morning. And I uh, just want to just thank the prayer ministry for Friday night. Oh, okay, okay. Let me tell y'all something right now. You don't want to miss... When we have these prayer vigils, you don't want to miss out. Oh, woo! Hallelujah! <laughs> Friday night was just a time of just pure soaking in the word. Amen. Just sitting there and just feeling the presence of God. Just, just lifting up the name of the Lord in worship and in prayer and just learning more of God. God revealing himself to us. Just unpeeling us on Friday. Every, every word that was spoken, amen. Every prayer that was prayed 
was just, it was just penetrating your soul, amen, just massaging your heart. And I just want to thank the prayer ministry for such a wonderful time in the presence of the Lord, amen. See, this is what it's about. This is how we reconnect with the Father, amen, through worship, through prayer, through community, to doing the things that God has called us to do, amen. So just want to thank them this, uh, this morning for that and looking forward to the next one, amen. Amen. So we are uh, still in uh, this passage of the, the Valley of the Dry Bones. Amen. And I hope that you all are, are, are just grabbing nuggets of, of this word that will help restore you, that are helping restore you, that are building you up, your faith and your confidence. Amen. And bringing life back to your dry bones situation bringing life back to the giftings that are within you, bringing life back to the calling that is within all of us. And as uh, we have been going through this passage, we understand that uh, the Israelites had found themselves in exile. Amen. That was one of the first parts of the, of the series, is that the Israelites had found themselves again in a state of exile, just like we do, just like we go through life and life is going well, and then we find ourselves back in these exilic situations, these dry places, uh, and we have to understand that, you know, it is the enemy that, that gets us into the, that causes us to, to fall back into these dry places, but not only it is, is it the enemy, but it is our disobedience, amen? It's our, 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 our unsurrendered hearts to God. It's when we get into our flesh and we begin to feel like, I got this, I can handle this, or I've conquered this sin, or I don't, I don't need God on this situation, and I'm doing well here, you know, in, in this situation, I, I'm handling things. And God is saying to us today, you're not handling nothing, absolutely nothing, amen? Because we know that he has a whole world in his hands. We know that he is the author, the finisher of our faith. And it would just, it would behoove us to just understand the power of God, who God is, and that that, that same God resides in us. But so often, because of our sin nature, because of our flesh nature, we step away and we think that we can handle things and we find ourselves in some very, very, very dry places. So we're talking about, we've been talking about uh, Ezekiel and this dry bones, this dry bone, uh, this valley of dry bones. And then last week we talked about, uh, you know, the Lord began to give us steps on how to get out of these dry bone situations. And we see where he took Ezekiel in the spirit of the Lord and took him to the valley of dry bones. And he used Ezekiel, amen, to speak to the dry bones. And the, the profound passage about the scripture is that he uh, allowed Ezekiel to walk through this valley of dry bones, this, this place of desolation. Amen. And if we just, you know, we don't, if you just read the scripture and put yourself in the scripture and ask God, God, let me have, reflect my life. Let me reflect over my life. And you will see the places where there are dry bones in your life. Amen. There are dreams that were not fulfilled. There were visions that God had given you, promises that were, that were coming forth. But because of our, our, our sins, because of our own flesh nature, we did not quite get there, amen. That place in our lives has dried up. It could be in your marriage, it could be on your job, it could be in relationships, but we have a lot of things and a lot of areas in our life that are just dry. And God was telling Ezekiel, he asked Ezekiel the question, can these dry bones live again? Amen. So I asked you this morning, can your dream live again? Yes. <laughs> can the promises of God in your life live again? 
Can your marriage be restored again? Amen. Can you get off of those drugs again? Because oftentimes God will redeem us. God will reconcile us. And then we find ourselves right back in the same places that we got delivered from. So this morning, I want to talk about the process of deliverance that God showed Ezekiel. And that same pattern is what we need to apply to our lives today as we go through, uh, as we go through life. So there was a, the prophecy was a foretelling prophecy. He both foretold, foretold and he also foretelled. And so what we understand about that is that um, foretelling is proclaiming God's perspective on things. Amen. The, it's the rhema word of God. So, you know, sometimes when you are in a situation and you say, you know what, I know God did not create me for this. And you begin to speak life over a dead situation. That's foretelling like, no, God, this is not how you created me. This is not what the word of God says. And you begin to speak and, and just learn to speak and foretell into your, prophesy to yourself, Amen. And prophesy to the, to, to the future of what God is going to do, what God has purposed you for. And then there was foretelling, and that is to speak uh, God's will or to do God's will um, and proclaim what is to come. And so I believe that, you know, we as, as Christians, we as children of God have, have the uh, grace to prophesy to our situations. And that's exactly what Ezekiel, uh, he had Ezekiel do. But it wasn't a prophecy that came through Ezekiel's thoughts and Ezekiel's ways, but it was a prophecy that he repeated about what God told him to do. Amen? When you read that, that narrative, you see that God told Ezekiel exactly what to say. And Ezekiel's, Ezekiel just surrendered to the process of God, amen? Because the question was asked to Ezekiel, can these dry bones live again? And Ezekiel's just surrendered to the Lord, and he said, God, only you know. Only you know. He didn't try and, and, and reason with God or say, well, let's, let's make out a plan. Let's, let, let, let me get, get on a, a, a plan. Let me get on a 10-day process or, you know, a 30-day 30 30 trial and see if that works out. But he said, no, God, only you know. And so as Ezekiel began to just surrender to God and walk, into, uh, and walk in obedience, you see that the entire, the entire uh, narrative of the story begins to shift as Ezekiel, Ezekiel's, excuse me, Ezekiel's obedience uh, brought change amongst the situation. It resulted in a change. So he prophesied, amen? And this morning I'm telling you, if you want change in your life, begin to prophesy. Not through your mind, amen, but through the heart of God. Begin to prophesy over your, your situation. Because when we look at scripture, we observe... Um, that is, as um, Ezekiel began to prophesy, and that's why I said this morning the worship song was just so, uh, so, such a reality of what God is saying to our house, such a confirmation. If we look at Ezekiel 37 and 7, it says, So I prophesied, and as, as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a sound, and behold, a rattling, and the bones came together bone to its bone. And as they were singing that proclamation this morning, I hear the sound of an army arising. I hear the sound of an army arising. I was just sitting there and I was looking at, at Minister Sonora singing and I've known her for a long, I've known her quite a while for a long time and I know that she has a great gifting of, of singing. 
she has a gift of singing, unlike me. She can really sing, y'all. Amen. <laughs> and we saw that this morning. And it just, it just said to me, you know what? That once was a dry place in her life. That was a dry place. It was a place where she knew that she had the gift, but the gift wasn't being used as God wanted it to be used. And this morning, it was like the dry bones stood up. Amen. Amen. The dry bones stood up. Amen. The gift came alive. Tendons and skin and muscle came out, and she belted that word of the Lord out. Amen. So it just, it just shows us that God wants to use our gifts. Amen. God wants to use our talent, and as we begin to stand up and rise up and use our gift and not worry about our situations, forgetting about what may have hurt us, forgetting about who may have said something, forgetting about the offenses of it, and really just say, you know what, God, I'm ready to be used. I surrender, God. I surrender. You gave me this gift. You gave me this, this ability, and I surrender totally to you. I walk in obedience to you. And you see how, as she began to just minister to us, how the Spirit of God just fell in the place. Amen? As we even connected, amen, to the Spirit and begin to give God praises. Well, this is what was happening in this valley of dry bones. As uh, Ezekiel stood there and began to proclaim the word of the Lord. Not, his, not Ezekiel's word, but as he began to proclaim the word of the Lord, life began to come back in. Amen? sinews and muscle and bone begin to, to develop over these dry bones. So this morning, amen, if you didn't feel a little muscle or a little tendon or something coming on, something wrong with you, amen, you need to come onto the altar and just lay here as, as we begin to, to, to give this word. But God is, is, is about to do something exciting in this place. So the rattling sound um, is it's, it's in Ezekiel that they were hearing is, is often referred to, the rattling sound was God dispatched his angels to assist us in his work in, in it, assist us in his work in our lives there was a noise there was a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone when we obey God it is equivalent of God dispatching thousands of heavenly angels to assist us in the endeavors to guarantee our success and and as as you look at that verse 7 that that, that passage of verse 7 you see that the bones begin to come back and you begin to see the order of God. You know, oftentimes when we just we learn to just step back and say, God, handle it. Amen. Because if we had put our hands in it, we would have, we would have messed it up. We would have assembled the body and, you know, we would have just, it would have just been jacked up. Amen. <laughs> it, would, it, have been a, it would have been a cardioplegic. We'd have, we'd have jacked something up. But when you look at the order that the bones to bones begin to come together. Ezekiel had nothing to do with it. It was the word of the God. It was the word of God. It was the ministry of the angels coming back and saying, you know, let me put this back together again. Let me, let me handle your dry bone situation. So kind of look at it as this, as that your life is in such shambles, amen, that things have just, you know, it's, a, it's a, just a wreck in every direction. It's dust. It's dry. It, there's just absolutely no life. And you're saying to how in the world Am I going to get this? How in the world with this, how in the world can this be revived? And the Spirit of God comes and, 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 and as you surrender, as you worship, as you begin to learn to build, you know, build your muscles. So the muscle building that, that we need to take in today's vernacular is coming to Bible study. Amen. 
reading the Word of God. Minister Glenda brought a word on Friday night talking about, you know, following, taking the prescription, the prescription of life. Walk, walk, she walked us through Scripture. She walked us through the fact that if you're ill, if there's something going on in your life physically, that you need to go to the doctor and you need to get a prescription and you need to take that prescription. It is the same thing in our spirit, in, in our hearts, in our spirits, is that when we are feeling distant from God, when we are feeling unwanted, when we, when we are in those dry places, it's important for us as Christians to go and seek the Father. Amen? And the Father has already laid it out. Okay? You, have, you have the prescription sitting maybe by your bedside, on your iPad, on your phone. The prescription is there. It's called the Word of God. And when you begin to feed the word of God into your, into your heart, amen, you begin to daily, daily wake up in obedience to God, meditating, worshiping, and, and doing the things that God has called you to do. Your, your bones, amen, your, your spirit will begin to get life. Your spirit will begin to receive the nutrients that are needed to help sustain you. So when we look at this passage of scripture, we're seeing that the order in which God began to pull these, pull this, this, this valley of dry bones back together. So it was a vast valley of dry bones. Heck, the wind could have blew somebody's bone over there. So, you know, everything was just in chaos. But God has the ability to go all the way back, amen, and, and catch the source of what got you to where you are today. It might be generational. You might, you know, you might be trying to figure it out, like, why do I keep having these urges to drink? Why is it that I can't kick this alcohol? Why is it that I can't kick this drug? Why is it that I'm addicted to pornography? What, what is it? And it could absolutely be a generational cycle that was opened in your bloodline, amen? And you don't even realize where this feeling is coming from, where these things are coming from. God has the ability to look at your situation and go all the way back and grab that situation, amen? And bring it back into order, amen? Because a lot of times what we will do is as, as people, we will try and self-heal, we'll try and self-fix. And what we'll do is like, okay, maybe it's a drinking problem. I am not going to drink no more, God. I pro this is it. I'm done with it. But we don't throw the bottle of alcohol out, amen? So that's a bone in your home, amen? That's a bone in your closet that is easy accept accessible, so when we are looking at this passage of Scripture, we have to understand that when we are, um, we are wanting to, to re-enter into um, our place of, of restoration, our place, and God wants to restore us, we have got to get rid of all the crutches, amen? Everything that got us there, remove it from the situation. If it's, if it's a, a, a person, a, a boo, a baby, or, you know, whatever it is, if it's, it's your friend, Remove the number from your phone, amen? Remove all distractions that so easily beset you. And then just begin to just press into God and ask God to bring it, to, bring it into order. So as you are speaking over your life and as, as you begin to prophesy over your life and God gives you the instructions as he gives Ezekiel, make sure that you're following them to the T, amen? Make sure that those dry bones, as they begin to come together, that you don't have no, no say in what goes where or how goes where or how you're, how you're going to reconstruct your lives because a lot of times 
we will jump right back into familiarity. We'll think, oh, I'm healed. I'm, let me go call so-and-so up, the, the, your, your, your buddy, amen, <laughs> your side partner. And that side partner hasn't been through the process that God's taking you through. You can so easily fall back into it. So make sure that you are following the order of God. So today we're just going to look at um, the deliverance, the deliverance that God wants to, to do, bringing our dry bones uh, back to life. So if we are, we're going to look at um, Ezekiel um, 37, and we're going to pick up at verse 8, bringing life back to our dry bone situation. So verse 8, it reads, And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them, and flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into me, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Amen. I hear the sound of an army arising. Amen. Amen. So as, as we look at this, we see that um, Ezekiel's initial pro prophetic word uh, over these bones looked complete. When he had spoken to the bones, the bones began to come together. Amen. He heard the rattling and he saw that, you know, it looked like everything was done, that it was that God had completed his work. Um, they seemed to be ready to be engaged. They seemed ready to, to, for their gifts to be used. And they were ready, in um, everything in their flesh looked normal. The sinews, the, the muscle, the tendons, the skin had come back. Everything had come back. Uh, but it was vital. Uh, the, the problem was is that they looked like they were ready. Amen? They looked like they were ready to be engaged, but yet there was still no life in them. They just, they were still laying on the ground. They were still, they, there was no sustenance of life. There was no, no form of life in them. And that, that, that passage can get a little bit confusing because when you look at it, it looked like God had restored them and that life was giving, given back to them. But the, the text specifically says that there was no life in them. And when we, when we to help you better understand that is that um, as Christians, we look good. Amen. Just look at your neighbor and say, you look good. Amen. <laughs> we look good. We look like, you know, everything's good. We're praising the Lord. We're here this morning. We're raising our hands. We're giving our devotion to God. We're going to pay our tithes. We're going to do everything we need. But if we were to look at the inside, if we were to look at the heart, man, there's some issues going on in here. Amen. There's some hatred going on. Amen. There's addictions in here. There's just these things that we don't see, that we are not able to see. And so um, when, when we look at each other, we might, you know, we put on a good, I'm highly favored, blessed and highly favored. I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pressing on because we don't, wanna, we don't want nobody to know that we're hurting. You know, a lot of times we try to front. Uh, ch church has got to be sometimes the biggest front street on there. You know, we come in. We say this, we say that, and then somebody reaches out and it's like, um, well, that's, yeah, you know, we need to financially help somebody. And we're like, 
Well, ain't they got a job? I mean, look at the car they drive and why they come into the church to help pay their rent. You know, we begin to judge. But God is saying that um, that, that passage of Scripture is saying that there was no life. It's, it's like that parable in, I believe, Matthew 21 when Jesus and the disciples are walking and Jesus sees a fig tree and the fig tree was just beautiful and flourishing and had these leaves. And anytime you see a fig tree with leaves, it means that it's in full bloom and that it's producing fruit. And so as Jesus approached the tree, he realized that there was no fruit on it. Like it was, it was, uh, it was fronting and he was, he was hungry. <laughs> so he was like, this tree is fronting. This tree does not have a piece of fruit on it. You know, he inspected it, and he just, and, and, and he immediately just cursed the tree. You do not want to be cursed by God, amen? Right. You do not want God to come, and that's, and this is, this is preparing us, amen, for his coming. He's coming back for a bride and a, for a bride that without, without blemish, that a, a bride that is flourishing, that a bride that is producing fruit. A church that is doing what he's called it to do. A church that is being obedient to the word. A church that's just not coming on Sunday morning to meet, get a word, and go home. But a church that is taking the fruit that they receive on Sunday morning and they're sharing it. Amen? That someone on your job can come and pick a fruit. That your neighbors can pick fruit from you. That people are being ministered, ministered to throughout the week throughout the week because of the love that you have, because of the, the fruit, the fragrance that you are pouring off. God is saying that he's, he's, he's tired. Amen? He's tired of us fronting his word. Yeah, we can get into the office and somebody say something and we just join right in into the crazy conversation and yeah, I saw that and you know, blah, blah, blah. And we get all mixed up into the conversations when God is saying, you know, to, to stand up, stand up. Stand out. Be a, be a light in, in, in your community. And so as, as, as uh, Ezekiel is looking at this, it's kind of the same parable of God looking at that fig tree and saying there's no fruit. And we don't want God to look at us and say that there is no fruit. So um, let's just go back up to uh, in verse 5 and 6. It says, I will make breath into you and you will come to life. Then in verse 6, he says, I will, I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Breath is needed at the beginning, and breath is needed at the end. So, so what, is, what exactly is going on here? What's going on is, are they, have they been restored, or have they not been restored? And this is, um, the prophecy seems as a prophecy had started, but it was incomplete. And this is very important for us to notice. Ezekiel began the prophecy, and he started to see the results then stopped at the excitement of change, such that he never completed his instructions. The instructions from God was prophesy to initiate life, then prophesy to bring life. So we have to understand that the prophecy is ongoing. The process is ongoing. I have the best example you could ever, ever have, okay? And I think all of us, well, some folks are just physically fit. But, you know, when you start a diet, amen, and you go to the store and you get everything you need. You go and get a gym membership. You do all that you need, amen, because you're saying, you know, I want change. I, I, I need this change. And so you go and you do all these things. I mean, I, I buy spring mix dedicated every two weeks because every two weeks I'm going to start a diet. And by two weeks, that stuff is sitting in the refrigerator, wilted and done and has, it needs to be <laughs> thrown out. But that's, that's, you know, that's the process has to be 
activated. And so what Ezekiel was, was witnessing is that God had activated it, amen? That God had, had, had begun the promise, the, the promise to restore, the promise to bring life back to these dry bones. But then somewhere along the line, it just, it didn't, he didn't see the fulfillment of it. And that's how we are. We'll go to the gym. We'll see some weight drop off. We might drop down a size, you know, a dress size or two and think, oh, I look good, you know, and, and we'll get excited about the process. But then someone will invite you out and say, hey, let's go to whatever your favorite restaurant is or whatever your, whatever your thing is, whatever, you know, whatever you like, <laughs> whatever morsel that you like that you know is not good for you and, and you'll taste it. You know, oh, I'm just going to have a bite. And that one bite triggers you back, amen? And you might be good at that thing. I'm just going to have one, you know, I'm just going to have one of these little hot, delicious rolls. And that one roll begins to mess with your head to where you are like, where's the waiter? Hey, that's, you know, and you begin to just indulge in those things. And so we have to be very careful as we are walk, walk, walking through this process is that we stay on point, that we stay in the process, that we are doing what God called us to do. That's why we are in and out and we're up and down. One time we're praising God, the next time we're just, we're defeated. And God is like, I don't want defeated Christians. God wants us to make sure that we are doing what we need. And what we need is a breath of God in us. Amen. The breath of God. Just take a breath. God breathed into to that situation once, just like he did in, in our, our Savitical uh, relationship. When we got saved, we were excited about God. You know, the, the Holy Spirit had pierced our heart. There was an unctioning. So salvation, um, it begins with a revelation of who God is. When we, we got a, a glimpse of who God is at the beginning of our salvific process, we were excited about being saved. We were excited about coming to church. We were excited about, you know, connecting and on the worship team and the media team and the children's ministry and missions. We were excited about spreading spreading the word of God out, um, and, and because the Spirit had quickened us, and our, our dead, our, that dead place in our life had come, come to life, um, and God had forgiven us of our trespasses and sins, and we were just eager to, to do the things of God. But as life goes on, and as, as life does, we just begin to wane. We, get, we begin to, to, to kind of slip back, and I believe that that pandemic, it wiped the church out. Amen. Look around. <laughs> you, you can see that the pandemic had a really big impact on, on, uh, the, uh, on people's uh, decision on whether they're going to come to church, whether they're going, they're going to be disciplined in returning to church. It was just that, that period of time, that period of rest that we should have been in the presence of God. Amen. At home. And I'm not saying that everybody wasn't. So if you're you know, watching online. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, you know, anything negative about that, but it just brought a lackadaisicalness to the church. You know, like, oh, I can just click on. I don't actually need to go. But God, the word of God says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. And in this scripture, you see that it was an army of people. Amen. It was a gathering of people, and we need to gather the people of God back together. We need to gather and, and move forward. So just like our, our, our salvation, uh, it, we come and we're excited, but, uh, and we're saved. 
but it's a process, amen? Our salvation is a process. Because we are saved, it doesn't mean that we're complete in life. We just don't invite the Lord, the Spirit of God into our hearts and think, oh, I'm headed to heaven. Everything's gone. Everything's good. I don't have to worry about anything. But it is, it's possible to be saved, amen? This might be a shock to you all, um, and still not live a, a life that is pleasing to God, amen? It is possible to accept the Lord, but still live in sin. It is, it's possible to, uh, to know that, you know, you're, 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 you're heaven bound, that God has called you, but your life is raggedy. And it's raggedy because you haven't taken in the nutri nutrients needed, the spiritual nutrients needed to help you sustain life. You've taken the initial breath of God, amen? You've accepted him as your Lord and Savior, but you need to complete the process of what God wants to do. See, that, see there's a second prophetic word in uh, this scripture, and that word uh, is, is bringing the breath of life. So the result, even though you're saved and on your way to heaven, uh, it exists that there will be dry bones, amen? You'll be walking around like the living dead, that there are dry bones in your life. <laughs> Bye, my son is leaving. Goodbye, Gerald. <laughs> amen. So um, you ever wonder how a person can just, you know, be saved? I mean, I have friends that are saved. I have friends that I are generally saved, but they live just the raggediest lives. I'm just like, no, they live, you know, they live really raggedy lives. And, and um, that's because they've lost uh, their zeal and their zest to be uh, disciplined uh, to God. And so, you know, I just uh, appreciate those that get up on Sunday morning that are disciplined to come and disciplined to fellowship um, as a community. Uh, but they're still saved. Amen? Because that's just the grace of God. And so as, as we're looking at this, we have to understand as, as it was in, uh, in the beginning of the, in, in, in creation, we see where God, uh, in, in Genesis 1, it says, uh, in the beginning was the, in the beginning was the, no, 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 wait. I didn't lost my thoughts. In the beginning... Oh, God created the heavens and the earth. My brain just went totally left. Um, and the earth was without form and void. Read that passage. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So God had already breathed. He had already spoken. Amen? And, the, and heaven and earth was formed. But then the next verse says, but, the, but it was a mess. Amen? It was, it was chaos. It, wasn't, it was formed but it wasn't in the state that God wanted it to be. And so in that, God had to breathe again. He had to call out again. He had to, to speak a prophetic word over the earth again, amen, to be able to call and separate the moons, separate skies, separate the water, call order to it. And that's what God wants to do with us. We can be saved, but God is trying to call order to our lives, amen? There is a definite process of our salvation, we get saved, and our lives are a mess. Amen? We got drugs, we got alcohol, we got sleeping with this person, got a baby over there. We got, we got mess. And God says that he wants to hover over that. Amen? That God says, just follow the process. Allow me to speak to those situations, and I'll take all those dry areas of your life, and I will bring them together. Amen? I, I am the one that created you. I'm the one that heals you. I'm the, I'm the one that can call 
order to it. So the second command uh, to prophesy is in verse 9. And if we're looking for, to, for deliverance this morning, it is vital that we understand that we have to stand before the Almighty God and speak and, act, and allow him to speak to us. Lord, how do I get out of this situation? I got eight kids and I ain't got a job that can afford it. Lord, how do I? How do I fix what I have destroyed? Well, how do I fix the recklessness of my life? And God will begin to prophesy, amen? And if you just follow the instructions, you follow the processes of God, God will do it. I know that many of us can, can, can stand and, t and speak on the blessings of God, speak on what God has done in our lives, speak about how God has restored us, speak about the mi miraculous miracles of our lives, but we've got to want it, amen? Because that, that, that was the breath for then, amen? But breath is continual. You breathe constantly. If you stop breathing, you're done. So our breath is a continual gift from God. It is, it is it's a continual communication with God. It's continual life sustenance, not only physically, but spiritually. God is just saying, breathe, breathe. Breathe, breathe in my word, breathe in, in my love, understand that I sustain it all. And so as I've been going through um, what I'm going through, and everybody knows what I'm going through, I've just really been, um, you know, when I was reading this scripture, God began speaking to me about the fact that I needed to breathe before I passed out. And, and I had gotten so stuck, everything just seemed like, you know, like the whole valley, just everything dropped. And I was asking, you know, just laying before the Lord and asking God, God, how do we, first of all, come out of a pandemic <laughs> where people are afraid to come to church, people are afraid to commune, people are afraid to breathe, God, the very thing that you're calling us to do, we're afraid, we're covering our faces, we're, we're social distancing, God, we're doing everything that, that, uh, says that it's against, you know, what you called us to do and be become. How can we breathe, Father God, in, in such a system of social injustice, of racial profiling, of political unrest? I mean, everything it was just like the pandemic came and then just sucked the life out of the world, just put everything at a standstill and even the church. And I was just asking God, you know, how do we get through all of that? Then in the middle of all of that, I lose my husband. So I'm like, Okay, I cannot breathe, God, what is going on? And um, as I've just been before the Lord and just allowing him to speak to me, amen, allowing him to bring life back into to my dry bones, the Lord was telling me, you know, there's some things that you need to release. So a lot of times when God is speaking to us prophetically, we're thinking, okay, I, I can do that part, no problem. Worship, no problem. Study my word, not a problem. I will do all this but give you what? <laughs> and now, you know, when God begins to pull things from us and begins to adjust things in our lives, that's when we start inserting our opinions into God, God, the prophetic word of God. And so God was saying to me, he says, you're, you're, you're still attached to your husband's legacy. You're still attached to what he's done. And there's a piece of that that is, is beautiful, but there's a piece of it that you got to let it go because I'm trying to move through you. I want to use you, amen? So that you might be in a situation of whatever it is, I don't know, you know, whatever your situation is, but something that you can't get over, something that, that you just want to hold on to. And the Lord is saying, in order for you 
to move forth, amen, in order for your dry bones, for you to be resurrected. I, I need that right there. And we will say, I have God, I surrender. I, you all don't understand how many times I've, I've said, I surrender, God. I surrender it all to you. And within 20 seconds after I got up off that prayer, I'm like, wait, hold up. You know, you, you start thinking about it. But, but I don't want to. That's because we've become so attached to our dry bones. I mean, we are attached. Our dry bones are a part of us. And a lot of times we feel like I can manage it. I can, you know, I've, I've learned how to maneuver around it. I've learned to, you know, deal with my brokenness. I've learned to live paycheck to paycheck. I can, I can deal with the drama. I can deal with the baby mama drama. I've, I, I've dealt with it so long that, that it, you know, I can work in chaos. And God is like, child, I don't I want you to work in chaos anymore. I want you to be free. I want you to be whole. And so for me, it is this part of letting go and allowing God to take restoration, to take me, to, take, uh, to do the things that God's called us to do. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a, yeah, I don't know, God, if I trust you like that moment for me, just to be honest. You know, you can say that you surrender, but, you know, surrendering is obedience and it's trust that God is going to be do what God calls, says he will do, will do. And so I know over this house, a prophetic word was released years ago. Amen. And as, as I'm beginning to see that God is using this dry bone situation to say, this is the process. This is a valley that you need to walk through. These are the things that you need to see. You need to re-inspect all, amen, that went wrong in your life, all the things that weren't pleasing to me. He says, but I have the ability to resurrect that if you trust me. And so it comes down to a matter of trust, a matter of total surrender to God. And that is a difficult place. We can sit up here and say, I surrender all, sing all four phrases and do, you know, <laughs> do all of that. But is that heart really surrendered? When it comes down to it, if God was to ask you to give up the most precious thing and hand it over to him, would you be able to? There's one person in scripture that was able to do that, and that was Abraham. Well, there's more. But Abraham gave the very thing that he had longed for. He was up on that mountain with the knife drawn, giving it to God. <laughs> like, I'll just kill it because I can't get rid of it. I can't get over it. So if I put it to death, God... Then, then I'll, be, I'll be available to, for you to use me. And as that surrenderance of him and that obedience came, as he drew that knife, God was like, son, he called out, Abraham, Abraham, I know that you love me. And that's what God is asking us to do. Take that, that precious thing, that thing that we need, we feel like we can't move forward without in life, and just give it, just Give it to God. Symbolically say, God, I'm, I'm going to put it to death. I'm going to let it rest. I'm going to give it a decent burial. And God is like, oh, I'm able <laughs> not only, amen, to, to, to restore you, but I will bring life back to that situation. And so for me, it's like, God, I, 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 want my, I liked my past. <laughs> I liked my white picket fence. I liked my home. I liked my life. And God is like, baby, that life has changed. <laughs> Every morning you wake up and the other side of that bed is empty. It's changed. Things have changed. Put that to rest and allow me to take you into the next level. And that's so difficult for me. I'm going to be honest. I'm like, yeah. 
don't know if I want to do that. You know, I don't know if I want to just jump out and just, you know, run in, into this new life because it was just like, uh, do I trust you? Because I thought I was trusting you. I thought I was surrendered. And then this devastating thing happens where God is saying, if you trust me, that's complete surrender. When you can trust God and just say, God, okay, I'm going to quit thinking about it. I must quit dealing with it. Lord, I give it to you. And so that's the place where I'm at. It's like, I got to get to the place where I'm just, you know, when I wake up in the morning, my heart is, a, you know, I'm not, I'm not having these anxiety attacks and all these things. And God is like, why are you waking up with anxiety attacks? Like, what's wrong with you? It's because I'm living in my past. I'm thinking about my past. I'm thinking about all the things that went wrong instead of thinking about all the things that are before me. And God is says, God is telling us, he says, look, look, look at the prophetic word. Amen. The foretelling, the foretelling, look at what I've spoken over your life and reach for that. So as Ezekiel is, is seeing these bones come together, he is seeing that God really can restore. God will restore. So in verse 9, uh, the, the latter part of verse 9, it says, This is what the sovereign Lord says, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may live. So when the text references to the breath that comes from the four winds, it's making a direct reference of the omnipresence of God, omnipresence of the Spirit of God that can move and go anywhere it needs to go to bring life to our dry bone situations. So the omnipresence of God, it doesn't matter where you, what you've done, where you've been, God is hovering. His Spirit is hovering over our lives. And it sees on a daily basis where we've been, what we're doing, where we've, where we've fallen short. See, there's nowhere that God is not. <laughs> there's nowhere on earth that you can hide. You can never get away from the presence of God. It, it means that there's no, nothing you can go through that God's not already aware of. Before that incident happened, God was aware of it because he's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He knows and sees everything that is going, going on. So when uh, Ezekiel begins to call on the Spirit, the Spirit can also be um, noted as wind. He called upon the winds, and the winds begin to come over the valley of dry bones. We need the winds to come over to our life from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, from every circumference. God, come upon me. Amen. Evaluate my situation. Evaluate my life so that there is total healing when the Spirit of God shows up. Because you don't want to just, you know, receive, receive a partial blessing, amen, a partial healing. Uh, but God says, let me breathe on it and let me breathe on it twice. So it's just like the Genesis, um, Genesis situation when God uh, created man. God said, let us make man in our own image. And he scooped from the, the ground. Uh, he scooped the dust of the ground and he formed man out of the ground. And we know that dust is an unruly. You go in your house, dust is very unruly. But God took all of our unruliness and he formed man. He used dust that kind of lets us know that we are unruly. We are out of control. We blow with the wind. We're over here. <laughs> Next thing, we're over there. You know, we settle in places that, that we don't need to be. And God took that dust and he formed man. But man was not a living being until God released, amen, his own breath 
into them, that the Spirit gave man the ability to live. Um, so don't miss that. God did not take breath from the same substance in which he created it. He didn't call breath out of the dirt. He took a portion of himself, amen, and implanted into man, and, and the man became a living being. God has given you his breath. If you have received him as your personal Lord and Savior, you, are, you have the presence of the Almighty God. It's just like when we give birth, when we were born, that we had breath in us, amen? We wouldn't be here without breath. We had the initial breath of, of, of our being was given to us at birth. But there's another breath, amen, that we need to receive. And that is a breath of the Spirit of God. That is a breath that guarantees our inheritance. It's a breath that causes us to live a life worthy of living. So God made man from the dust, but when it came to man becoming alive and in the fullness of God, he had to take another breath. The Spirit of God, the Spirit is given to control our dust, amen, and our unruliness. So if you're, if you're just all over the place, you just need to be saved, point blank, in the story. You just need to, to allow the Spirit of God to, to, to be able to manage, amen. You allow it to manage the unruliness and all the things that you're going through. So we know that the word, that the breath is a Ruach of God uh, that was in gen, not only in Genesis 1 and 2, but in Genesis 2 and 7. And as you look through Scripture and you study Scripture, you see these patriarchs that gave their life over to God, gave their lives over to God. Um, they were li living and breathing and doing what they do. We have David out in, out in the fields, manning the sheep, uh, playing his heart, doing things God wanted. But when God came and anointed him, he received a breath of God to do the greater things. We see Paul, who was a studied, one of the most intelligent men on the face of the earth, uh, just a ruler of rulers, knew the word of God. But until, God, until he had that encounter with God, he did not realize what his purpose was. And God is calling this morning to, for us to realize our purpose, amen, to take a second breath, to understand that in order for our dry bones to, to, uh, to live again, that we've got to breathe, amen. Not only do we have to breathe, but we've got to follow the words of God. We've got to breathe in his worship, breathe in the praise, amen, breathe in his word. See, um, we all have uh, the accessibility to tap into God. Even right now, just like that, you can begin to engage, engage in God. Um, and we do that. We do that on Sunday mornings. We come and we engage in God with our brothers and sisters. But God is saying, I want to engage with you on a full-time basis. See, Ezekiel's prophecy to the bones, um, he did not say, uh, you know, just for a few days, God, you know, let's let just, you know, bring them back to life and let's give them a second chance. But it was God brought them back to life and they were a vast army, an army that stood together. They were an army that was ready to do the work of the Lord. Ezekiel's prophecy to the dry bones uh, wasn't a temporary fix of their situation. It's the Israelites had been exiled from their community, exiled from their country. And God was saying, I want to restore you. And this morning, God is here to restore us, uh, that God is saying that I want to restore my church. And that's not just restoration, but that's the church universal, that God is coming back. Amen. 
the pandemic was a tool God used to, 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 to say, who really needs, who really needs to be restored? Uh, and, it, and it comes out that it's his church that his church needs to be restored. And as we come together and we begin to do the things God has called us to do, get in our proper places, amen? We have, we have dry bones in this place, but I'm excited that God is going to breathe a breath of life back into us, that our children's ministry will be what God has called it to be, amen? That our ministries will be all that God has called us to be, that our worship team, which is already, amen, they got the breath, amen. They are on. They have, they have revitalized, amen. Speaking the word of God, not just uh, Pastor John is up here speaking the word of God, but the singers are beginning to minister the word of God on the microphones. That excites me. That you know, it's just like I'm just not up here singing, but I'm up here testifying. And I'm, I'm pushing forward to what God has called me to do. To be, I'm using the gift that God called me to do. Each and every one of us have a gift in here. Each and every one of us, if we want to be the vast army, the Israelites, the vast army, that we've got to come together and work together. It's not a single-handed ministry here, amen? It takes a lot of people to make this work. It makes a lot of people to come and reclaim the house of the Lord. So this morning, let us reclaim what the enemy has taken away from us. Let's be obedient to what God says. In verse, uh, in verse 10, it says, so he prophesied, and as he, as, so Ezekiel prophesied, and as, he, as God commanded him, and the breath came into them, into them, and they lived and they stood on their feet to be an exceedingly great army. God is calling us to be a great church, Amen. Not a church that's large in number and, you know, we're a mega church and we're doing this and we're doing that. God is saying, I want you to be a vast army, amen, that goes out and proclaims the word of the Lord. Be a church that is about my business. Be a church that's ministering to the homeless. Be a church that's after the drug addict. Be a church that's out there chasing that prostitute town. Be a church, amen, that, that all that I've delivered you from, you can go back, amen, as a soldier in the Lord's army and deliver those that are out on the street, those women, amen, that might be having marital issues, those, those people who might not have the proper education that they need to sustain their lives, to get enterprises and systems within the church so that we can function, amen, as a full army, that we can function as God's people. So this morning, I just encourage you that it takes our obedience, amen? It takes our surrender, and it takes our trust to do what God has called us to do. So as I close, I just encourage you this morning. Hallelujah. Breathe again, amen? Breathe again. Breathe in the word of God. Breathe in the worship. Breathe in the healing power that is within us. If we want a second prophecy to come, if you, want, if you need a second touch this morning, if you need to hear the word of the Lord, the prophetic word has gone out this morning, I just invite you this morning to just come to the altar and just stand, amen, and, and in obedience. Or if you want someone to pray with you, just stand and say, what thus says the Lord over your life? 
Don't worry about your situation. Don't worry about, don't try and figure it out this morning. Don't worry about who's looking at you. God is here to restore. God is here to, to heal this morning. And I believe the word has come forth. I believe God's given us examples right here in the midst of our service this morning that God is ready to breathe again. So will you receive the breath of God this morning? Will you receive the second touch this morning? Amen. Will you come to this altar this morning and receive what God has for you? Because he wants to restore you this morning. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are watching online, amen, you can jump right into the chat room. We have ministers online that will pray for you. Amen. Ministers online that are there to just help you walk through those situations. As we stand in the presence of God this morning, do not, do not allow the enemy, amen, to stunt your breath. Do not allow the enemy to say, people are looking at you. Don't embarrass yourself. <laughs> we need to be running to this altar, falling on our face and saying, God, breathe on me. Breathe on me. God, we thank you for the word this morning. Father God, cover us, God. This world is tough, Lord. Because of sin, Father, because of disobedience, we make it so much harder on ourselves than what is to be. But this morning, we just release it to you, God. And we just breathe, God. We just breathe. We just breathe your presence, God. We receive your healing this morning, Father God. Speak to our dry bones, God. Restore us again. Restore us again. Hallelujah, Jesus. Breathe the breath of life on us, God. Father God, revive our dreams and visions so that we can pre-present them to you. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.